no more room in hell. The dead will start a podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to No More Room in Hell number 52. This is one quarter of your hosting team tonight, Mike. Joining me as always is Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? Greetings and salutations, sleazeballs. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mike. How the hell are you doing? I am doing well. It's heating up really quick out here in Northern California, so uh, recording a show with the word hell in it seems appropriate. But uh, let's get to our next co-host. It's Derek. What's up, Derek? How are you? I, it was a journey to get here, Mike. But I'm here. <laughs> it's a struggle. One that I hope is worth. <laughs> we'll find out shortly. Um, and then uh, we actually have a guest again on this episode. It's uh, People might think that like I uh, purposely... Uh, I had him pick the movies, but honestly, no, I, I, these are movies I wanted to pick. And then I kind of reached out because I was like, Hey, this person has a history with Asian horror cinema and, uh, is heavily involved in the scene as far as watching, reviewing all that kind of stuff. So it seemed like a natural fit and we were able to make it work. He's, uh, been courteous enough to, uh, stick with us <laughs> through our delays while we're finally here. You should be familiar for anyone that listens to Fresh Cuts, and the surprise is ruined. It's Don and Nelly. What's up, Don? How are you? Yeah, what's going on? Always happy to be here, uh, especially with uh, this pretty much being uh, my podcasting family. Um, so, yeah, it's finally great to uh, talk to everybody all at once for, I think, only like the second or third time now. But, yeah, my uh, podcasting family is uh, all here together. Yeah, I figured yeah. it was going to happen eventually, either here or Creature Comforts. I was like, one of the two, it'll happen. We'll all be together. So uh, it happened here first. But uh, yeah, eventually I'll try to get on Creature Comforts because I've been listening to that. And it's always fun. And uh, I love Creature Feature movies, too. Um, so yeah, uh, tonight we're going to be talking a couple Shaw Brothers horror movies. So... Uh, I've been recently kind of revisiting Shaw Brothers stuff. I mean, it's there's an abundance of it out there. A lot of it's easily attainable, either like on Prime as a bunch, YouTube has a bunch. Uh, there's even like channels on YouTube dedicated to it. And then like your actual, you know, uh, paid subscription streaming services have usually have a, a good amount just because there's so many out there. And uh, I had no, I had not seen a lot of Shaw Brothers horror movies, though. Um, Boxer's Omen, I believe, is like the one that most people probably know. Um, that's why I kind of shied away from picking it on this round, but it could, it could be a future pick, definitely. Um, so I kind of just went with like a couple random ones that I had never seen, and that'd be Curse of Evil and Haunted Tales. So we'll be talking about those uh, later on, but uh, we'll start off with how we usually start, and that's uh, catching up on what we've been watching. So Venom, uh, what do you got up first? All right, let's see. First thing on tap this week is <clears throat> a little independent movie called Blood. Um, this was actually released in Russia last year, but it came out here in the States in 2023, in January, actually. This one has a familiar name in it. Mr. Skeet Ulrich from um, Scream fame is in this one. And uh, basically... Uh, we have the story of a mother who is moving into her childhood home with her daughter and young son. 
they obviously aren't having the greatest of times, you know, moving moving around. And eventually the young son gets bitten by a dog. Um, it's, it's actually the family dog. This, this story is very similar to Cujo, but instead of the dog being the main antagonist of the movie, the dog ends up biting someone else, uh, another member of the family, and then they become the main antagonist of the film. So it's pretty interesting, actually. I did actually enjoy it. I gave it a really high rating, even though it's been close to a month and a half since I've watched it. So I'm struggling to remember whole scenes from it, but I did give it a really good rating. So I would recommend it. I thought it was going to be a vampire movie. I think most people kind of go that in that direction when they hear the word well, blood especially as the a title. Yeah, the title exactly. Yeah. Big time. So, but yeah, as it turns out, it's kind of more of like a rabies esque type story. So, works out pretty well. Not sure if anybody else has seen it, but I, I did enjoy it. Is, is yeah, it a show? I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I saw it earlier in the year. Um, I liked it, but I thought it was kind of bland, uh, over long and kind of really subtle and really needed some more action. It is long and it is subtle. You're right on both counts, but for yeah. whatever reason, that works for me sometimes. <laughs> Derek, you were going to say? Yeah, I, I didn't see it. But I, I remember seeing posters. That's the one with like Michelle Monaghan plays the mom. Yep, it. exactly. Yeah. I've been curious on it, so yeah, I definitely want to check that out eventually. Yeah, it's fun. Like I said, I liked it. Well, fun might not be the right word. It's a good film. <laughs> it's, it's, watching, fun, it's, it's fun in a different way. Yeah. Worth watching yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, not necessarily one that I'm really raving about, but I mean, I, I've seen much worse. So. Yep. Yeah. Me too. There you go. First thing I've been watching, Blood. Who's next? I'm next. Go. Yeah, and I'm going to be fucking... You know, last episode I had to bring up a DC movie for Mike. And, you know, I'm like, maybe I'll be nice to Mike this day. Nope. Bringing up a DC animated movie again. Brand new movie called Batman the Doom that came to Gotham. Uh... Yeah, this is uh, based on the graphic novel written by Mike Magnolia. You probably recognize that name if he's the guy who created Hellboy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much like a takes place in like this alternate universe where it's kind of like modern, but not modern, if that makes sense. It's kind of like steampunk Batman, if that makes sense. And it's kind of cool in that aspect where, you know, Batman ends up going and finding... Like that, there's the, like this secret plot that's involving this cult of called Ghoul. Hmm, seemed familiar. <laughs> yeah, and they're resurrecting like these ancient old interdimensional gods. That sounds familiar too, if you're a fan of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, this is a very Lovecraftian horror film, which has some awesome like Lovecraftian spins on famous Batman foes. Like, you got, like, Mr. Freeze is very much like the cold air story. And you got, like, this weird version of the penguin that actually lives with penguins in Antarctica. And there's actually a cool spin on Poison Ivy and Killer Croc that are very Lovecraftian-based in their looks. And it's kind of cool in that aspect. And, oh, yeah, you see a lot of tentacles in this movie because H.P. Lovecraft and tentacles goes well. And... The ending's fucking insane because there's a lot of, like, hell, we, we can even cover this on Creature Comfort. Spoiler alert, but there's some fucking awesome monster battles at the end. I'm not going to say who, but yeah. 
It goes in a direction I did not see going, and it goes off the wall crazy. And there's lots of death and violence in it, too, which is awesome. <laughs> Sounds like fun. I got to check that out. Uh, DC, I mean, DC heroes with Lovecraft uh, monsters. Oh, my God. How have I not already bought that? Hell, yeah. <laughs> 4K looks amazing, too. Oh, I'm sure. Nice. I'll look for that one. Yeah, I, I think that actually sounds pretty interesting. So I think I yeah. can check it out, too. Yeah, like, like you know, Mike Magnolia, whatever his last name is, fucking has his name, and you know there's going to be tentacles involved somehow. <laughs> Hell, yeah. All right, Don, what you got? All right, so, um, yeah, I've got a, a couple here. Um Unfortunately, most of my picks are kind of tied up with a project I've been doing recently where I'm guessing on another show, and I was going to talk about this on Monday. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, a lot of the stuff I've uh, been watching has been tied up for that. But uh, there are a few that I, I did watch for myself. And uh, The first one I'm going to do is uh, an independent film that I got from uh, a friend of mine on Facebook. He's the director of it, and it's called Craving. Um so it's an uh, indie creature feature, uh, again, kind of creature comforts thing. But uh, yeah, it's uh, about this uh, group of uh, patrons in this uh, desert bar. They're, uh, you know, they're going about their lives one night and they're interrupted by uh, this gang of uh, initially were led to believe that they're outlaws on the run. Um, they come barreling into the bar, shooting out, having a shootout with something and take the bar hostage, in, you know, the usual spiel. And eventually we come to find out that uh, they themselves are on the run from a second gang of uh, second gang of hunters who are looking for one of the members of uh, the first gang who's taken over the bar because he's actually infected with this uh, genetic mutation that will turn him into this. I struggle to call it a insect-like creature um it kind of looks like a rock monster meets a insect but uh, trust me that description does not do it justice it's a pretty gnarly looking deformity and we're we're basically it, it tells three different stories so there's a bunch of backstories that go into how the leader of the hunters is trying to track down the creation of this thing um, it's basically wiped out his entire family, and he's gathered a small group of uh, hunters and like-minded, you know, mercenaries to track this thing throughout the, the years. It's basically it takes place over the course of like two or three decades. So he's basically been trying to fight it for, you know, these past several years, and he's finally tracked it down to this one guy that's taken over the bar. Then we get into, you know, the backstory of several of the patrons inside the bar, you know, how they all know each other, what's going on with them. And then it's the group of um, it's the first group that overtook the bar, the one that comes in guns blazing and they hold the, the secret of this guy that's turned into this creature. And it, it's pretty fun. I mean, you know, it's obviously low budget. Everything is kind of one location. Everything is, you know not low rent but it's very obviously done on an indie budget but i i had fun with it uh the creature attacks are um limited it's basically you know everybody talking at each other and you know flashbacks for the first hour and 10 minutes and then we get 
20 minutes of, you know, creature action where it runs wild and starts ripping people to pieces and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting enough. I like I said, I, I liked it. I'm not going to call it a year end, you know, spectacular or anything. But, you know, if you're on the if you're interested in low budget creature features and you like these like, you know, crowdfunded Indiegogo kind of uh, films that, you know, show up on Prime or Tubi or places like that, uh, give it a watch because it's it, it has its moments. Uh, you know, it's got Felissa Rose, who's only in it for five minutes. Um but yeah, it's not bad. I, I liked it. It's you know not gonna you know top the list or anything. But uh, like I said, if you're into this kind of thing, it's uh, definitely worth a watch. It'd be awesome if The Rock played the rock insect monster. It's not that kind of. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, a really small guy. He's kind of on a linkier side. Oh, so yeah. he's not like. Yeah, he's not. They. They have a big hulking, you know, like muscle man in the the group, but they don't make him the monster. They make the small lanky one the monster. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I mean, it's a vicious looking thing. I mean, I, I wish that there was. Uh, they they when they gave me the screener, they gave me a few screen caps to use for the review, and huh. I wish one of them included the creature, but they didn't. So I I, I don't have a. It, it, you can't, you know, it's on my website, but uh, it, there's no way to like, get a look at what the creature actually looks like. Aww. Yeah, um, I, like I said, I, I, when they gave me the screener for it, I wish that they would have included a screen cap of the creature, but they kind of gave me, like, action shots of some of the actors to use. So, I mean, that was kind of like the only material I had to work with. Yeah, fucking morons. Creature fucking screenshot has got them more views. Probably, yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, it looks really weird because it looks kind of like a rocky... There's, like, a bunch of, like, you know... It looks really weird because it has, like, insectoid features, but then it's, like, humanoid. But then it has, like, you know, its chest looks like it's made out of granite or something. Is that out like yet, said, officially, done? They gave a description saying that it was on Prime, so... Uh, I'll have to check that like out, said, then. Yeah, um... Like I said, it came out the week we're recording this, so it'll probably be a little bit more widely available by the time it comes out, based on how slow Mike is editing. But yeah, the, the week we're recording this, they gave me the link and said that it's available on Prime. So, like I said, it could be out available in more places based on Mike's editing skills, but yeah, the week we're recording this, um, it, they said Prime, so it, more places could be available by the coming days. Damn, I thought I burned Michael up. <laughs> I know, damn, my editing timely fashion got called out twice there. And we're in the <laughs> opening segment of the show. <laughs> All right. I think it would be uh, easier to go for that than your punctuality, because that's just so <laughs> low-hanging. That's not even a burden. <laughs> hey, I'll blame my kids for that. Um, All right, my first thing up is kids versus aliens i believe it's on shutter uh i watched this a little while ago probably closer to like when we were originally going to record so i can't remember if that's the streaming service that it's on but i'm shutter, pretty sure yeah, yeah. it is yeah I, I got the screener for it too and i think i read it was like based on a short initially because the movie itself isn't even that long i think it's like maybe even under 80 <laughs> minutes yeah it's and based it's, on the vhs2 short the alien one Oh, okay. That Same makes director. Sense ah, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, it, it gets right to it. There's not a lot of waste of time. A quick, uh, 
quick runtime. I thought the alien design was pretty cool. I mean, I would say it's like, you know, it's more fun than hardcore horror, but something you could watch uh, with your family. Uh, nothing too gory, but there is uh, some good content in there. The kids are like little assholes for the most part. It's kind of like, I think it's mostly more like younger teens and then a, and then a, there's an older sister who... Gets oh, in, like, I was gonna love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's an older sister with like uh, that starts becoming friends with like you know the town bullies or whatever, and yeah, the town they assholes. all play a part. Yeah, and it the scope of it actually gets like a little bigger once like uh, the aliens come in and uh, they kind of take people hostage, and you see like where the movie's going. I was surprised at the scope that it gets pretty big as far as the set and stuff, but it. It's pretty cool and interesting and fun. And like I said, a quick watch, a shutter. So I would say definitely check it out. Has anyone seen this one yet? Yeah, I did. I was excited for it because uh, it's Jason Eisner's like second full-length feature since Hobo with a Shotgun. So I was like, yeah, I was like, damn, he like he kind of did like a side thing too where he like, you know, like hey, how we made like the fake trailer of Hobo. They made it the full-length feature. It's kind of like... The second movie is a fucking version of something he already did already again, which I, I find cool that he expanded the story of that short and made it like a movie. You know, it was kind of a cool aspect of it. And yeah, it's fun. I like. Yeah, it seems I, like I mean, that's not all that uncommon these days is like all these shorts are getting made. And then if they're popular, it's like, OK, let's turn it into a feature. Hell, directors are remaking their own movies now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, that's the best way to sell their movies now. I was like, well, technically I already made this. Uh, can I just make it again? Yeah, I just made it with a lower budget. Can I just make it again? <laughs> yeah. But for sure, yeah. Kids vs. Aliens, check it out uh, on Shutter. So uh, back to you, Venom. All right. For my next one, uh, this is going to be a film that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I actually brought it up on Fresh Cuts recently because this movie, unfortunately, was released on the same week as two other big release horror films. Those two films, of course, were Renfield and The Pope's Exorcist. Uh, so the film I'm bringing to the table right now is called Nefarious. Uh, Nefarious stars uh, Sean Patrick Flannery as... Boondock uh, <laughs> Saints for Life. <laughs> yeah. uh, who actually plays a serial killer named Wayne Brady, of all things. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, the movie is basically a long conversation. 80 to 90% of this film takes place in one room with two people. So it, it's, it's um, you know, the, uh, Sean Patrick as Wayne Brady as a serial killer who's claiming to be possessed by a demon. Not even just any demon, but like a very high-ranking demon whose name actually translates to nefarious. Um, so th And then the other character in the movie is a psychiatrist who's basically determining if this person uh can is is uh sane enough to be executed basically he's supposed to be executed that night but they need one more psychiatrist to sign off saying that this guy's not crazy that he knows you know what's going on and blah 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 and that he can be executed so that really that's the majority of the movie it's just two guys talking in a room but i found it so fucking riveting i absolutely i mean this movie hangs on sean patrick flannery's performance and it is fucking 
stellar. I think it is it is a spectacular performance because he's going back and forth between the possessed character speaking through the demon. And then when the demon kind of steps away from the body, then he's playing at the actual Wayne Brady. And it's just such a great little film. And, and, and ultimately, like I said, we, we get this big culmination, you know, does he get executed? Does he not? I'll leave that up to you guys to watch, but for whatever it's worth. Oh, and one thing I said on Fresh Cuts that I do have to repeat here, this is not a horror movie. I, I can't stress that enough. This is a psychological thriller, solidly. Uh, there's no gore. There's no blood. You know, I, I don't think there's any. There might be one on-screen death in the whole film. Um, but, yeah, this this was just one that really stuck with me. It, it It's something that I was thinking about for days after the film, just this conversation between these two. Um, so, yeah, uh, this played in theaters. This literally, like I said, it released in theaters two weeks ago, same day as The Pope's Exorcist and Renfield. And it, it was only playing on one screen in L.A., so it probably didn't get a whole lot of uh, a lot of press. But it, it, when this thing comes out on VOD, if you're down to watch a nice, you know, a, a legitimately creepy psychological thriller, then I would definitely recommend Nefarious. I'm going to assume no one else has seen it since this was such a limited release in L.A. Yeah, I guess not. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Unfortunately, it was very limited here, too. And I it's like the one time it was showing, I wasn't able to get there. But uh, I did I did remember when we were talking about like possible uh, contenders for Fresh Cuts that week. It did look interesting to me. Yeah, and it was uh, sadly, it's probably the best of the three movies. You know, we we did episodes for Renfield and Pope's Exorcist because they were obvious. I mean, those were some big horror releases. But honestly, No Fight Nefarious was the movie of that weekend. I just absolutely enjoyed it. Every minute of it. Next. Oh, yeah, it's me. My bad. Yeah, back to Derek. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So as you guys know from all our back talks, I was sick for a few weeks. Here and you know that's always fun. There's like the exorcist on both sides. Let's just put it that way. But uh, uh, so I I I went you know I didn't really get to watch a lot. You know I was planning to go see movies and shit, but shit got in the way, and literally. Uh, but uh, yeah, I watched Larry Cohen's It's Alive trilogy. I'm not gonna talk about them all. You know I'm just gonna give like a brief review of all of them you know uh you know they're killer baby movies you know and they're funny and they're great and cheesy and you know it's great when you watch it's alive and you just back it up with it's alive too because it's alive too is like a fucking great sequel because it brings back like the main character from the first movie and he's trying to help these other parents who might have a fucking mutant baby and then you have the guy from the godfather She's the best piece of ass I ever had. You know, <laughs> get out of my house. He plays the bad guy in the movie. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it's a life where he's fucking cheesy with fucking Michael Moriarty. Fucking as one of the baby's dads. And he goes, you know, and it has like, the, they go to the island where they all band them and they're all adults now. <laughs> and it's cheesy and funny at the same time. But, you know, you know, for the time periods, all three of them came out. Great social commentary about the subject matter, because, you know, this is a subject that's still going on today about babies' rights and shit like that. And, uh, yeah, 
fun stuff, fun trilogy. Uh, the Scream Factory Blu-rays look great. Uh, the babies look cheesy as all fuck, made by Rick Baker. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and you can't beat the first two because they have those fantastic Bernard Herrmann scores, yeah, which, which are awesome. I saw the first It's Alive when it first came out at the drive-in. What was that, like 70-something? 74, I think. 74. So I probably was what? So I was four years old. (laughs) And obviously my parents weren't taking me. Uh, My mother was a big horror fan when I was a kid. So they would drag me to the drive-in, you know, put me to sleep in the back seat. But I do remember waking up multiple times during the movie. And I still have vivid memories of the baby, like, crawling around, attacking uh, people in the in the maternity ward or, you know, in the ER when it was born. Um, there's certain scenes that really stuck with me from that first viewing. Uh, not that it was really much of a viewing. Like I said, I woke up periodically. And then I've never seen the second one, believe it or not. But I have seen Island of the Alive, which is the third one. And holy shit, that is a... Let's just say that's an interesting movie compared to the first one and what I've heard of the second one. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Cause you know, like it's actually, there's a great documentary on all three movies <laughs> on the screen factor. And yeah, originally that was supposed to be like a directed video movie. So that's why it was like kind of cheaply <laughs> the other ones. Right. But you know, and you know, he made that in Salem's lot at the same time. The return. Wow. Story. Yeah, he made both of those movies at the same year. They both came out. And yeah, crazy. Yeah, Larry Cohen just like I love that documentary on him. He's just it's fucking great just to hear stories about his movie making and like the guerrilla filmmaking and shit like that. Nice. Next. <laughs> All right, Dom. All right. So uh next up for me, um I'm gonna kind of copy Derek here and I'm going to cheat a little by talking multiple films. Uh, Both of these were for a uh, festival that I covered um, recently on my site. And it's a pretty interesting concept what uh, goes on here. Um, These are not available yet. Um, They're still on the festival circuit, so don't ask me where they're available. Um, These were just part of a bunch of films that I got for um, the festival. And um, they are called uh, The Third Saturday in October. And there's two films. Um, However, they're not what you think they are. It's not um, Third Saturday in October 1 and 2. It's actually Third Saturday in October Part 1 and Third Saturday in October Part 5. Oh, they skip all their own sequels, I see. Yeah, um, and there is a reason for that. And uh, the whole thing is based on uh, the director's attempt to capture the feeling that you got at a video store where you just wandered into the section and you picked up the wacky sequel because that was the only one that you had on the store before going back and seeing the original that was, you know, a much more serious and much more earnest take on the, the material. So the the idea is that you watched part five first and then you went back and you watched part one. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird uh, gimmick and it's kind of, you know, a little. I'm going to try to be a little brief on this, but uh, essentially part five is um, about the serial killer. You know, we've uh, met him throughout the course of the franchise, supposedly, and he's now targeting a group of teens holding a uh, sleepover at their friend's house to watch the third Saturday in October, which is supposedly this big football game, which I, I don't know. 
Um, and, you know, he begins killing them one by one. And then in part one, we meet the serial killer who is this uh, supposedly the, you know, the, he, he's running through the town. He's the serial killer, like a Michael Myers type of figure. And uh, he's put to death. And, you know, he's in the electric chair. And he comes back to life and begins a rampage and begins killing people, even though nobody believes that he's come back to life because they saw him die in the electric chair. Horace um, Thinker? Supposedly, it's kind of similar. They they give him they give him a similar backstory, but um, instead of making him like fly through the air, they make him like a grounded supernatural killer. He's just uh-huh. you know they've killed him, but he still come back to life. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's the the supposed backstory with the with the two. Um, and there's also like a like I said, a couple like you know you're supposed to find five first, and it's like this. Um, Part five is supposedly set in 1994, whereas part one is set in 1979. So, uh, you know, part four looks like it's this slick teen, uh, you know, scream ass film. And uh, part one has this like grainy 70s filter on it and everybody's like decked out in bell bottom stuff. So, like I said, the, the whole concept is supposedly like replicating like the video store era where you, you know, you would rent like the weird sequel in the franchise and you didn't know what the original one was until later on when you went back and you found that one there because everybody left the wacky sequel to, for you to find like you 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 think you know, like most franchises like you see a sequel first instead of the first one and then you go back and you see like the original one like a while later that, that that's kind of like how the the whole the concept behind them are so yeah yeah i they're really fun. They're actually really um, enjoy- they're both really enjoyable. Um, I, I do like part one a little bit more just because it's a little bit more like a serious film. But I mean, they're, they're both really enjoyable. They both have great gore. Um, they're, bo- they're both really, um, you know, pretty bloody. Um, you know, they're standout 80s slasher throwbacks. Let's just, you know, say that. So, if, I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, you'll, you'll absolutely enjoy them. Um, like I said, part one is a little bit better. But I mean, that's kind of expected because it's, you know, intended to be like the this serious straightforward film in the franchise. And then, you know, part five is just this wacky over the top sequel that kind of just continues the legacy years on down the line. But yeah, um, when they come out, give them a watch Um, based on the way that they were created. I would imagine that they would be bundled together, um, you know, either on physical media or, you know, when they drop on VOD, they're probably going to like drop at the same time, just based on like the premise of how they were created and stuff. But uh, yeah, if you can, like I said, if you can find them, give them a watch. Um, they're still on the festival circuit. Cause this is like the fourth or fifth. Um, it's not like the first, like the first time I've had to watch them, but this is like the first time that they were at a festival that I've been able to cover that they were showing at. So uh, yeah, they're, they, they're probably going to be released either later in the year or maybe early next year. Uh, just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not friends with the filmmaker like craving, but yeah, it, like I said, if you can find them, um, they're probably going to drop together. And like I said, the intention is to watch five first instead of, and then go back and see one. But yeah, um, you know, they're, they're fun 80s uh, throwbacks. So, uh, you know, if you have a chance, go ahead and uh, give them a shot. I must have been a pretentious film douche my entire life because even as a kid, I would never, ever rent a sequel if I didn't see the original. 
I, I don't know why. It's just it's just one of those things that uh, I just never, ever did. Like if I went to the video store and all they had was Hellraiser 2 and I never saw the first one, there's no way I'm renting it. <laughs> so I guess I'm the uh, the exception to the rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, that was the the idea behind it. I mean, I've done that myself. I mean, the, I think the only franchise I can think of where I saw the original first is Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah, that's common. I, I've heard lots of people telling stories about seeing sequels first. Blah, blah. I think Mike even told us a story about yeah. seeing Evil Dead 2 before he saw Evil Dead, if I remember correctly. So it's it's yeah. a common thing in the community. I, you know, I understand that. Just yeah. I, I, I've never been into it ever. Like, I, I literally remember 10 years, being 10 years old and saying, nope, I don't want to see that till I see the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting because thinking that far back, I can't even remember if it was because they just didn't have Evil Dead or they it was always rented. But, yep, Salt Part 2 first. Um, all right, so my next one's a new show on Prime. It's actually a remake of a Cronenberg movie, and that would be Dead Ringers. I haven't actually seen the movie in a long time, but I generally remember, you know, uh, Jeremy Irons played the twin surgeons. Kind of a psychological horror movie with some deranged stuff by the end of it and i'm happy to say that i'm really liking the show it's it's only six episodes it's it's meant to be a limited series i read that the creators have no intention on making um more seasons so i'm i'm uh through five episodes so i only have the final episode to go but uh rachel wise takes on the role of the twin surgeons this time or twin uh excuse me a gynecologist and well, uh, yeah, um, Rachel Wise is great. Always have loved her, and she's she's great in this playing both parts. Um, obviously, this is its own story. Like the basic setup is similar, but there's a lot going on. Obviously, the, the gender swap in the roles uh, brought different possibilities and different scenarios. But I would say this is good psychological. I, I would almost say this one might lean towards more thriller than horror. Um, but there is still some like horrific stuff in it. You can imagine uh, being a you know gynecologist. Uh, there's definitely some graphic scenes going on in in certain episodes and scenarios, and it's it's plenty twisted. And uh, that's all I want to say because it's still new. Uh, I think it just came out either. What are we at the 28th today? So I think it actually debuted like last week maybe. Um, so a lot of people probably haven't even seen it or even knew that it had uh, started. But I, I highly recommend it. Uh, if you're a fan of, at all of the movie, I would say give this a shot. This is one of those rare occasions where it, it, it it's kind of doing its own thing, keeps the spirit of the movie. But uh, I think people will be happy with uh, where it goes. So Dead Ringers on Prime, check it out. Yay. <laughs> all right, final roundup. Venom, what do you got? All right, my last one for the week. <laughs> Once again, I'm doing a non-horror film. Isn't that crazy? We only get to talk about three, and two of mine this week are non-horror. But I feel like the, the non-horror movies that I'm talking about are still going to make genre, most genre fans happy. I, I already talked about Nefarious. This next one I'm going to talk about actually opens today. It hits theaters today. Friday, April 28th, I was able to see a premiere screening of it last night. And holy shit, did I have such a good time. Because my friends, what's more fun than watching Nazis get fucked up? And of course, I'm talking about Sisu. 
Uh, I went to the premiere of Sizu last night. I'm sure a lot of you out there have seen the trailer. Some people are calling it the greatest trailer ever made. Um, and I can I can say that, you know what? The movie delivers. Uh, the, mo- it, the movie is 90 minutes and it gets right into the action. It doesn't take any time at all before our main character is attacked by these uh, by this SS unit, you know, while carrying his gold. So I the synopsis is so easy. It's just gold farmer gets attacked by the SS. He fucks them all up. <laughs> that's that's your movie, folks. But you know what? Um, obviously, whether he lives or dies, I'm going to leave that up to the viewer to watch. Uh, you know, I don't want to spoil this too much, but. If you enjoy watching uh, Nazis get fucking dismembered, blown up, stabbed through the head, you know, just, uh, just, oh my God, just carnage galore, Sisu is the movie for you. Uh, like I said, opened in theaters this week. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right because they don't say the name in the movie. Uh, <laughs> they should, they show it in text, and it's a Finnish word. Um, uh, even though this is a Finnish film, um, it's in English. The, the whole movie's in English until the very end um, when our titular character actually says a line in Finnish. But uh, otherwise, it's about 99% English. So, you know, uh, don't get don't get too scared that it's all, you know, the foreign names in the cast and crew. But yeah, um, I'm not sure if any of you guys had a chance to see it yet, but I, I feel like everyone here would like it. <laughs> Who doesn't like watching zombies, uh, Nazis get blown up? I keep saying zombies. I just watched <laughs> Dead Snow, so I got Nazis. I was like, I like that too. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get a chance it. to see it yet, Mike, right? I know Mike said he was going to see it. Yeah, it's actually pretty, it's a good timing the release because there's not um, yeah. a whole bunch of new horror uh, at the theater. So I have, and uh, fresh cuts, that means I mean, we'll be doing VOD so I can use my. Uh, my allotted time to get to the theater to see this. And yeah, I saw the, I probably seen the trailer, what the past three times I've been to the theater. (laughs) And every time I'm like, I can't wait. And I was, I was just hoping that it wouldn't be so limited that it wouldn't come here, but nope, it's, uh, we're getting show times for it. So I am definitely seeing it this weekend. Yeah. Like I said, uh, it's literally exactly 90 minutes. It is a, it, it doesn't even feel like 90 minutes. It feels like an hour. You're having so much fun watching this guy just destroy these Nazis that uh, it's a quick one. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. If you liked uh, what's oh, if you liked Inglorious Bastards, there's no reason you wouldn't like this one. (laughs) Hell yeah. Next. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. Uh, That's Derek, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in my other journeys of when I was sick, I I picked up a Blu-ray recently from Severn Moot Films. Uh, who's releasing a lot of good shit lately. Fuck yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I watched one of my actually movies that I loved watching a few years ago when I first saw it on DVD. And uh, that's Zombie 3 by Lucio Fulce. Or maybe Bruno Matai is also attached to this. You know, you know he directed like a lot of the background stuff with like the scientists and the military after Fulci left the production just to make the movie better but uh you know finisher you know because it was only like i guess 45 55 54 minutes long by the time he left the production so they needed a few minutes to make it like the hour and a half it is so uh yeah 
it's freaking like a weird Italian ripoff of Return of the Living Dead with a <laughs> Fulci gore and atmosphere and flying heads and <laughs> the, 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 the suits from Rats Night of Terror come back as the military. <laughs> and But uh, you know what's great about this movie is the fucking soundtrack, which is because I had the 88 films Blu-ray of this. I only picked this up because it comes with the CD soundtrack, so I can listen to the fucking music. The main theme for this movie fucking bangs. <laughs> you know, it's fucking great. And, I, you know, I just love the artwork for this movie. It's like a giant fist with zombie eyes and a girl <laughs> screaming. It's fucking rad. This is a great movie in its own right of being one of the cheesiest movies ever made. But I love it. <laughs> I've never actually seen the third one. I think I'm going to check it out. It's actually Zombie Two. <laughs> That's what I was about to ask. Is it is it Zombie is it Zombie Two or Zombie Three? Like, <laughs> so okay. So the idea is Dawn of the Dead is Zombie One. Right. Then Fulci Zombie is Zombie Two, and then this is Zombie Three. Okay, but so, you have gotcha. to be careful of the UK because the UK has burial ground as Zombie Three. Yeah. What? Terrible. Yeah, yeah, the UK. Yeah, in the UK they shoehorn burial ground in as the third one, even though the UK doesn't acknowledge Dawn of the Dead being Zombie One. They brings because they have Zombie as they do Zombie Two as Zombie Flesh Eaters. Yeah. Then I think it's Zombie Flesh Eaters too for, for Zombie Burial Three. Yeah, that because Zombie Three is Zombie is Zombie Flesh Eaters Two, and then Burial Ground is Zombie Flesh Eaters Three. Then you got Zombie Four after Death. Right, Zombie Zombie Right, Zombie Four is Zombie Four, and then Five is Killing um, Birds. Yeah. Right, killing birds. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, four and five are still the same. Yeah, four and five are still the same. So they kind of switched the. They switched the first three out, but yeah, the the four and five are still four and five are still the same. And then you, I think a few other territories do black demons as zombie six. Yeah. Yeah, they, I I I don't think it's the UK, but I think there's a few other territories that do um, Black Demons as Zombie Six, and then there's a few <laughs> others that do Cemetery Jesus. Man as Zombie Six. What? <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Cemetery and then, Man is Zombie Six and is a few territories. And then Andre Schnaz fucking saw this oh, like uh, all the yeah he, he, he jokingly right, yeah. goes there's so many fucking different zombies ones too. He's like I'm just gonna make Zombie Ninety. Yeah. Is this is this all because of like rights issues or just advertising? Right. Like they think if they give no, it that the, alternate title or what? No, the countries use a different title for their the first movie when it because zombie because Dawn of the Dead was released, released as, zombie. as zombie. I mean, I know why Zombie really. Two is Zombie Two. I'm just saying now that we're up to like but four, the, five, but, six, like what the, the hell's going is, on? They only named it Zombie Two because Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, part we get. that one I've always known. Yeah, so. it's the fact that they're still doing it is where I'm like, okay, is it still connective tissue or is it just they're no, still trying just... to ride the coattails? Oh, it's not even talking about the La Casa movies. Ah. Yeah, because that's Evil Dead actually. <laughs> yeah, Evil Dead, Ghost House, fucking Witcher. <laughs> yeah, um, it yeah, because it's Evil Dead one and two, 
And then three is Ghost House, four is Witchery. I think House and... is one of them too. Like, no. Maybe it, it would be. It seems like it should be. House is a nightmare. That House Sue or whatever. No House, the '86 one, the one with um, with William Cat. Yeah. William Cat, yeah. The one that we just did on that, the last. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That could be. Uh, that could be actually. I don't remember because I I know um, Ghost House is three and Witchery is four. I'm trying to think what's five. Oh. Maybe that is House. Well, there's a whole list of them that we could look up later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's demons, which. Don't, yeah, yeah. Demons is the third is the the third big one that's kind of like what the fuck. Well, there's like five demon threes. <laughs> Too many rabbit yeah. holes. <laughs> a six demon bag. No. Um. It, yeah, it, it just depends because it, it you know it's demons one and two you know the the Lombardo Bava ones, then. They take um, the TV film The Ogre, and they call that Demons 3. No forget demons that, in it whatsoever. Yeah, and then um, they forget that, you know, the church was originally commissioned as the third Demons film. That was the original story behind its conception. It feels then, like a Demons movie. Well, it, it was. Yeah, it, well, you know it, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is that, that the church is supposedly Demons 3, and then Suave came in and changed it. And they, he took the references out, but it still kind of kept a lot of the same, you know, structural integrity. And then the sect is supposedly Demons 3 in several places. So those three films are kind of, you know, those three films are kind of inter- intermingled. And then Bava comes back and redirects the directs a remake of uh, Black, Black Sunday, Sunday as Demons yeah. 5. Yeah, Black Sunday is Demons 5, and then uh, Luigi Kaze does um, the third uh, Mother's film and calls that Demon 6 De Profundis. I fucking love that movie, by the way. We're going to do that sometime. But let's continue. Mike, next. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot most of what Don said. Oh, oh Don, oh, Don, John's turn next. Yeah, my bad, Don. You, what movie did you watch last? Okay, so this one I'll be, I'll keep kind of brief because it's actually um, part of the project I was uh, mentioning earlier, and um, I, I can't really reveal too much about it. Um, the, the project I'm doing is for a guest appearance on a friend's podcast called DVD Infatuation, and basically the gist of it is is that me and the guy are on the show are going to each just pick six random movies we haven't seen, and we're just going to talk about them. So the one I'm going to pick, uh, one of the ones I'm going to pick is. Uh, a film I haven't seen before. It it's gonna it's a film called Trauma, but it's not the one you're thinking of. It's a 1978 Giallo by uh, Leon Klamovsky. Uh, he directed a bunch of uh, Paul Nashi films earlier in his career. So if you're familiar uh, with, that, yeah, yeah it's also known as the, Rings of Power, right? No, that's uh, a different film. Rings that's of the Fear, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not the one. That's not the one. Um, this is a different one. That's actually the third in uh, Massimo Dallamano's uh, Schoolgirls and Tragedy um, series. Mm-hmm. So th- th- yeah, this is a different one. Um, like I said, I'm not gonna go long on this one, but uh, basically, a writer goes to this uh, remote cottage out of the wilderness to, you know, get inspiration for his new book. Starts a romance with the woman that runs the place, and then series of murders start striking the various guests. So. Not very original, kind of feels like a slasher, but uh, it, you know, it's Giallo kind of, you know, 101 hits the trademarks and it, you know, 
sleaze, nudity, graphic killings, cheesy gore. Um, you know, it a fun little mystery for what it is, but it's kind of obvious to tell what's going on. But yeah. Yeah, it's still really enjoyable. Um, I'm going to keep my thoughts on this one um, for for now until uh, the show. But uh, that's going to be one of six films I'm going to talk about on that particular podcast. So, yeah, I've, uh, I, I want to keep this one a little close to the vest just because it's, uh, you know, some of the stuff that I've been watching for the show. So Nice. Michael. Sweet. All right, so for my last uh, one for what we watched, uh, people might think that uh, I watched just a prep for summer series because I did get assigned for 1964. But actually, uh, I threw this one on because of they announced uh, the sequel to uh, – what the hell is it? Uh, I Am Legend. And I was like, you know – I've heard there's better versions of of the book uh, out there, and I haven't seen them. So uh, let me throw on the Vincent Price Last Man on Earth, and it just happened to be 64. So it was like incidental prep, and I really liked it. I I, I haven't seen a ton of movies where Vincent Price kind of plays more of a straight character. Like obviously he's Vincent Price, so he's still going to uh, you know the voice is there, the presence is there, but he, He's not playing like an overly quirky character, uh, just a straight guy. Uh, not sexuality straight, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, if you're familiar with the story at all, I mean, I don't need to run through it. Last guy on Earth come trying to come up with a cure uh, for a plague that took out humanity. And we kind of run through it. But yeah, th- and it's funny because there's actually like a colorized version of this. as, well. uh, But I saw the black and white. And, yeah, I see Omega Man, because that's the other one. I think those are the three adaptions, unless there's even more. But Oh, there's uh, more, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely better than I Am Legend. And uh, I know, like, you know, getting modern audiences to appreciate some of these classics might be a little tough. But I think as far as the story, the acting, it's very compact. You know, it's not even that long. But once it gets going... Um, you're almost to the end of it before you maybe the fact that I'm so used to like these longer movies that <laughs> tell these basic stories, but this one got into it and I just, uh, I really, uh, no cheap cop out ending with this. It, it ended, uh, the way the stories. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time with it. I'm, I'm assuming at least some of you guys have seen this. Yeah. Hell yeah. Venom talked about it on the show, man. Yeah, um, I, I've checked out Price's entire catalog, so. Mm-hmm. Nice. Easily the have best you guys, interpretation. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen Omega Man, too? Oh, of course. I, I, it's I, been I, years. I, I love Omega Man, too, though, for different reasons. Like, it's, yeah. it feels like a movie of the 70s. and I, I, I'm just, I, 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 I've seen it once. I'm just more familiar with the Simpsons parody of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that, that's my problem with that is that I, I'm more familiar with the Simpsons parody. I just I just wanted to be like Charlton Heston taking that black woman and making out with her. I'm like, yeah, that's me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Omega Man's still nice. a really good movie, but uh, Last Man on Earth is by far the superior adaptation. Yeah, yeah I think I read like a. I said like the story's still solid, but they really kind of amp up the flamboyance of like. 
the vampire creatures or whatever, so it can come off as a little more corny, whereas Mountain Earth plays a pretty straight horror movie. Horror sci-fi, but, you know, has yeah. a good horror to it. Yeah, because they gave him, like, a leader that talked in the Omega Man, and it was Anthony Zerber, but, yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't going to play because it was like fucking Anthony Zerber. How could you fucking complain about that? But, yeah, I see what they did with that, and they made more, like, cultish victimizing disease where this one is just straight vampires yeah exactly. mm-hmm. all right well i think that wraps up what we've been watching uh, is, is there anything else anyone wants to mention before we move on oh god no <laughs> all right this is the well, way uh <laughs> r.i.p Paz what do we have left. as far as news do we have anything as far as news um, a, a film that we just reviewed last week as part of the uh, as part of the big you know week of uh, horror movies in the theaters is actually getting a sequel. Yes, uh, the Pope's Exorcist, believe it or not, was uh, a sequel was announced just yesterday, uh, I believe. Um, the plan is Russell Crowe and Daniel Zavato will both be back reprising their roles as Father and Pope Django. Um, it didn't mention Pope Django, actually. It only mentioned the two stars and the thing that I saw. So, I mean, we can assume. I mean, it's the Pope's exorcist, so you got to oh. have the Pope. <laughs> uh, pope Django. So I thought that was pretty interesting because it's a movie that all of us were – we all enjoyed it to certain degrees, but we all kind of agreed that it was just kind of tropey and derivative. You know, if you've seen an exorcism film, you've seen the Pope's exorcist. Um, it's not a bad film by any stretch. I mean, if you listen to our episode of Fresh Cuts, you know that, like I said, we all mostly enjoyed it. Um, you know, the ending gets a little, eh, I have issues with the ending, but you know, the story in and of itself is fine, but it's all about Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's performance is awesome. So for whatever it's worth, I will sit through a second of these movies. Uh, Russell Crowe's performance. That accent. Yeah. Oh, if he does that crazy Italian accent, I'm in all day. He did that in Thor, too. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. And then um, this is kind of this is kind of genre news. Uh, it's kind of involving the MCU. But um, if fans of the show True Detective, which I am a huge fan of all three seasons of True Detective, obviously varying degrees of quality between the three, but I still enjoyed all of Season them. Season four coming soon. Season four coming mm-hmm. soon. But um, the creator of the show, uh, Nick uh, Pizzolatto, is actually been slated to write the Blade movie for the MCU. And, you know, Blade is a vampire, so I figured it, it's horror adjacent enough to bring up here. But yeah. Um, Blade will be played by uh, Mahershala Ali, who yeah. also was in True Detective Season 3, a, a beautiful comeback for that series. Season 3 was spectacular. Not that Season 2 was bad, but Season 2 was probably the weakest of the three. Um, and it's not Vince Vaughn's fault at all before anybody starts blaming him. But yeah. um, I just thought it was pretty cool that we're going to get a True Detective reunion in the new Blade movie. Um uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got the news that Mia Goth is uh, also slated to be in that movie, so that kind of brought me down a little bit. But I know, I know <laughs> you, uh, you horror, you know, some of you horror fans out there absolutely love Mia, so you know, congrats to you. But hopefully, she doesn't ruin the Blade movie for me because I love Blade. I did. Uh, I love the comic book. I did like the original trilogy, even if Blade Three kind of sucked ass. 
Um, but Blade Two was spectacular, directed by Guillermo del Toro, of course. Yo, so um, yo. that's kind of exciting news um, to see people that are responsible for a great show like True Detective will now be heading up the production of Blade. So fingers crossed that we get a good MCU horror film finally. Blade Three had Triple H though. That was fucking awesome. Ah, uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh God, and and yeah. Ryan Reynolds is like the fourth hero that he's the fourth comic book hero that he's fucking. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has got to stop playing comic book heroes, all right? That's it. You're Deadpool. Besides Deadpool, yeah. Yes, you're Deadpool. That's it. For fuck's sake, how, how can one man play so many goddamn different superheroes? That's so upsetting. <laughs> and he was free guy. And free guy, which I actually love that film for whatever it's worth, but that you know for different reasons, not necessarily for Mr. Reynolds, but. Anyway, that's all the news I had, Mike. Just those two items. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that game, Vampire Survivors. Uh, but they're sounds like they're trying to develop it into a TV series, which is, I wonder if like the success of Sylvania kind of helped that too. Although this doesn't say that it's being developed for Netflix specifically, but I would assume it's going to be a similar game. Vampire Survivors is kind of like the over-the-top arcade TV style uh, movie uh, just with settings where you're taking on tons of enemies while you're powering up and getting different weapons and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, so I think that's about all I had. Unless you want to talk more Blumhouse Exorcist uh, remake, which None. I don't think you do. So. Fuck that movie to hell. Just uh, I, I have to watch it. I, ha I, I you know, the law, <laughs> the law of horror says that I have to watch it. I'm not looking forward to it, especially because it's got douchebag Gordon Green. Douchebag uh, Gordon Green. Ah, uh, God, he ruined Halloween. Now he's trying to ruin my fucking favorite movie ever. So goddamn. Yeah, That's and sick. he never gave us a sequel to Your Highness. God damn you. <laughs> His only David. good movie. <laughs> It was the fucking little Yoda that raped him? Yeah, fuck yeah, the stoner Yoda, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh, but yeah, that's it from me, Mike, for news. Yeah, the only thing I wanted to bring up is I found it curious that, uh, you know, Waxwork teased early. Wax, Waxwork is a record company for the mm -hmm. listeners. I didn't want to. Uh, Waxwork Records did a, like a post on their like Facebook page. That said, Rob Zombie presents, and they're like, what the fuck is this bullshit? More repackaging of the fucking Devil's Reject soundtrack? <laughs> no, it's actually kind of cool news because it's pretty much Rob's, it's a new line that they're doing where Rob Zombie is actually curating the movie soundtracks that are going to be released through Waxwork Records. And the first one is uh, White Zombie. The Bella Lugosi movie, its soundtrack, which I found really cool. You know, like, you know, I like Waxwork because they do like some, they put out some crazy shit. Like, fucking, they put out the Shockwave soundtrack, which I listen to all the time, smoking weed to. It's fucking great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's, I'm just curious what, you know, you know, record two would be. You know, I like I because I know Rob Zombie likes a lot of those old horror movies. So I, you know, this is something that he did that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it out yeah. there. If that's gonna get us to the news, I I don't really 
fucking question for this episode, except are you guys ready to talk some Shaw Brothers movies? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to talk about the first one. Because... I got questions, man. I got major questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll take a short break and come back to talk two Shaw Brothers horror movies. Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go! And now, on with the show. We're talking Shaw Brothers Horror, and I'm just going to go in chronological order. Uh, so, the Haunted Tales first. So, this is an anthology of the rare uh, two-story anthology. So Okay, uh, um... So before we go any further, um, I, I do want to bring something up before um, this goes on. So uh, this is not actually an, um, intended to be a traditional anthology the way people expect, like a creep show or Black Sabbath or you know, creep show, you know, like that that kind of stuff. So what happened here is this is two unfinished and um, basically shelved projects from uh, two separate directors. Um, so the first film, um, if memory serves, and I, I don't know why I don't have my why my notes are open, but the first was uh, started in 1975, and it was basically uh, like 70% completed before it was uh, stopped and shelved. And then uh, several years later, it was uh, attempt it was picked back up, and uh, there was an attempt at trying to finish the project, but even that fell through. And what we get here in uh, the first tale is the the amalgamation of those two those two attempts basically. Um, that's the first tale, and then the second one was a project that was uh, started, but it had its funding uh, halved in uh, the during the the production phase itself. And the decision was made uh, because of the the budget was slashed in half to essentially make it a short anyway and mm -hmm. that was basically the re the result is that it was um it was rewritten basically on the fly and turned into a, a fully functioning short basically because the budget was the budget was cut so the, the film is basically um as uh, derek's actually uh, told us many times in, in chat um uh, though we're going to you know, say it the first, first time on air. Uh, it's a collection of unfinished and unshelved, uh, finished and shelved projects uh, that were in their vaults and uh, were released as a means of uh, recouping their funds. Sounds Come like on a... and dance with me, dance with me. Come on and dance yeah. with me, dance with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot like that movie. Do you guys remember that movie, We Are Wolves, that we reviewed on Fresh Cuts? It was the exact yeah. same thing. It was like an, an an anthology of like different directors' things that they couldn't find a release for. Yeah, but that for. one. Yeah, but mm -hmm. um, 
the, I think the difference here is that these were not uh, intended to be formed into a cohesive narrative. Those were shorts film. Those were um, the, the film we were thinking of. We are wolves was uh, short films with a wraparound to make everything make sense. These were just <laughs> okay. Let's just you know. I mean, you know, sense in quotation marks. But these were um, these are just presented as tales, and then just. There, I mean, there is no wraparound, so it's not like there's a, you know, tends to try to make it like a quite on or uh, Black Sabbath or anything like that. They're just, we're just going to release these two films on one bill and, you know, we'll recoup the money that we've spent trying to film them. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it, it falls more in line with the Terror Train method of, uh, you know, doing an anthology rather than, you know, like, like what we were saying earlier, like a creep show or a Black Sabbath sure. or something where... The film was intended from the very beginning to be an anthology. It's just these were unre- these were unreleased and unfinished projects that were collect that were cobbled together and mm-hmm. distributed just as a means of recouping their bu- their budget back. Yep, got it. Yeah, um, it's jarring and janky. I mean, we'll talk about that later for sure. But yeah, that's kind of the reason why is that they're they were actually separately you know, produced and they were actually, you know, brought up in several different time periods, but they were, um, they were put together and released as one project just as a means of getting the budget back just because they were languishing in their vaults and, you know, why not? You know, I I guess was their mentality. Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs) Um, I, so I guess, yeah, since there's only stories to work with, we can go with the first one as, Crash leaves a man dead and his wife badly injured, and he returns as a ghost to try to take her with him. So didn't they just reveal? (laughs) That's the worst fucking synopsis ever. They just told us the whole fucking story. (laughs) That was that. God, IMDb, do fucking better with your synopses. Really, I mean, do fucking better. (laughs) Jesus. Thank God I didn't read that. I would be I would be so fucking pissed off if I read that first and then watched the because the whole thing would have been ruined. Ah, God damn it! Get off my lawn. (laughs) You should just put that when put that whenever fucking Venom just randomly rants about. Hey, I don't care. Fuck it. Get off my horror lawn. I'm okay with that. Yeah, get that sound bit in there, Mike. (laughs) Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn. Oh. Yeah, this and, movie. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Rant Other over. than the uh, the uh, spoiler uh, synopsis, what did you think of the thing? I actually had a really good time with this. I, I actually enjoyed the first movie we're going to talk about today more than the second one. I, I just I found both stories kind of charming in their own way. Um, the first one I've pretty much called the Asian Carnival of Souls. Um, it just felt exact, you know, had kind of the same formula, the same kind of reveal, everything else. Um, and I love Carnival of Souls, so I'm okay with that. It's definitely not bad mouthing it. Um, and then, you know, the second story just has one of the greatest, um, guilty pleasure kills ever. <laughs> I fucking loved it. It's such a, it's a quickie, but yeah, that for that, if we're talking only about the first story right now, I, I really liked it. I liked the mystery of it. Like I said, since I didn't read the synopsis, like an idiot, um, you know, I was actually able to, because obviously this was a first time watch for me, uh, for both of these films. 
And uh, yeah, I actually had a really good time with this one. Both stories I really enjoyed. What yeah. This was a journey with this movie with me. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, I, d- I didn't hate it. I'm just going to say that, but you know, it was just like, just the way that the presentation of it was, was fucking killing me because it was like in this like little tiny rectangle on my screen. <laughs> and it was terrible. <laughs> you know, in that aspect where you're trying to read. Well, I was glad the subtitles were underneath. So I'm like, is this how it played in fucking theaters? Because I would fucking leave if it was, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the presentation of it kind of hurt the viewing of it for me in that sense where I'm like, you know, trying to look for shit. But, you know, I did like the first story a lot. You know, it has some cool imagery in it and shit. Like, when, like, the lady's just going down out of the house and she goes into, like, another house and then everyone just turns into mannequins. And then when she leaves again, they all start moving again. I'm like, what the fuck? Because I watched this movie Stone today and I'm like, yeah, this is the way to watch this movie. I found it finally. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it has, like, some cool color imagery, like, kind of, like, Argento-y and Bavari in that sense where it's like all colorful, especially during that climax of it where, you know, they fight, we'll find out their big reveal. Yeah. Carnival of Souls, anyone? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that story for what it was, you know, during my other part of the journey, it's like, because I fell asleep near like the end of the first story. Because I didn't realize it was an anthology until today. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what the fuck? Am I watching another movie? You know, like, what the fuck? I can see how that might happen if you didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. But, uh, yeah, after I did, like, the full rewatch today, like, because I watched it, fucking just chilled and watched it. I was like, okay, I this movie I'm okay with. You know, maybe the presentation... If I was sitting this on my big TV with fucking HD version, you know, it would have been fucking amazing. But anyways, you know, I gave it what it was. I dug it. And then after I found out the backstory of it, after I looked it up, finally, too, and I was like, oh, okay, that was, makes sense. I was the same as you, Derek. I, I, I got about, I don't know, five to six minutes into the YouTube link that uh, that was shared around the chat, and I just couldn't take it anymore. I ended up renting it on Prime. Uh, I spent the three ninety nine, but I got a nice DVD quality cut, so that was pretty cool. Uh, next time I should do that. We did that for Repulsion, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I don't mind supporting the community. Ultimately, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll pay some money to rent a movie every now and again. I just I rented need... that. I just rented. I just rented that fucking Craven movie that Don talked about. So I'm gonna watch that later. Nice. <laughs> Is this a first time watch for you? Uh, no. I I've heard of it. Um, well, I, sh- I should say yes. Um, this was um, the first time watch, although I, I had heard of it. I knew it was an anthology going in. Um, I, I didn't know the backstory behind it, um, but I, I, I did know that it was an anthology. And, um, it, yeah, uh, I, I really like the first one. I actually kind of prefer the second one, to be honest. Um, 
I, it's just a little personal preference thing, but yeah, I, I do like the first one. Uh, the, the imagery is fantastic. I like the mystery, um, the psychological buildup that builds with, uh, you know, her growing mistrust of over the neighbors and, you know, the weird activity they do and the weird sight she sees and, you know, like the haunted house kind of everything. I do think the twist is kind of obvious once, you know, you start seeing the, you know, Carnival of Souls, um, you know, references that they start dropping. Um, it, it kind of makes what goes on a little obvious. And, uh, you know, it's it's not as big, it's not as grand a reveal as it thinks it is. Um, especially because, like you said, uh, you know, the Carnival of Souls influence on this one is just pretty outright, you know, obvious in some places. But yeah, if you're you know okay with that, uh, there there's some fun to be had here. Um, I would have been interested how they would have stretched it out to a feature length, without making it seem like they were just doing a Chinese version of Carnival Souls to begin with. Because um, yeah, like I said, Rob, remember that both of these were originally commissioned as feature length films. So um, I, I'm kind of curious as to how the full length one would have emerged. Um, also, how um, both shoot uh, you know both shooting things were. Um, like who like which um film shoot was responsible for which part of the film because they don't really feel like completely jarring you know discrepancies because they don't have the same director for each segment um if i remember right i think the original segment was done by um UNR, and the second one was done by um mengo wa oh. uh, so yeah, uh, Ewan Quar is basically uh, best known as uh, Mr. Koo from Jackie Chan's Police Story because he uh, he's also an actor. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Ewan Quar is um, the guy that played Mr. Koo in Jackie Chan's Police Story, and uh, Mengo Wa is the guy that did. Um... Oh God, why is the name escaping me? Um, Mighty Peking Man. Oh, um, speaking of sleazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um... Like I said, uh, those are the two directors that were responsible for the footage in here. So I'm kind of curious as to, you know, who did what, you know, who did what, because they, it doesn't really feel like, you know, there's two separate directors all over, you know, and both of these guys have very obvious fingerprints if you know what they, their backstories are. So, you know, kind of knowing who's, who did that what. That makes more sense now that I know that he directed Mighty Pecan Man. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, overall, it's, uh, you know, it's got its moments. I, I can't say it's the most original anthology segment, but yeah, um, overall, I, I do like it. I do prefer the second one, but overall, yeah, the, the this is a, fir- uh, like I said, for a first time watching, I, I knew it was an anthology going in, but yeah, um, I, I really liked it. Um, I, like I said, you know, prefer the second one, but uh, yeah, the first one's got its moments. So uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, worthwhile. And it is the longer of the two because this one is uh, 15 minutes and I think the other one just clocks in under half an hour. So yeah, um, e- even though it's a little bit longer, it's uh, still really fun and, uh, you know, it, it it's definitely, you know, enjoyable for what it is. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. And uh, on to the second one. A caretaker wins the lottery thanks to saucer spirit. The good old saucer spirit. Uh, things go wrong when he breaks his promise to it. So this is kind of like a classic story. Almost like, a, be careful what you wish for. Hey, you're going to something good happen to you, but there's Twilight a curse and a twist to it. This is straight Tales from the Crypt kind of a thing. 
this is mm-hmm. uh, yep, yep. I, I mean you know i'm kind of jumping the gun here for me this is classic straight up tales from the crypt kind of a story and i absolutely loved it for that um i i i, I like i said I, I do prefer this one just because it, it feels very much like it's you know a tales from the crypt vault of horror you know torture garden kind of you know morality tale like this is you, you plop this in in one of those kinds of stories you know change the actors over but you know you make it the same kind of a story it fits right in with those kinds of things um i think i prefer yeah, it better to now your, too now to your to your point don this feels like it belongs in an anthology like this type of yeah. story mm-hmm. yeah like i said um you know it, it's you know very 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 you know hands-on morality tale kind of a thing the guy you know presses his luck does something stupid and the spirits come back to exact the revenge exactly the same way that he took he took them out because it, you, you know, like I said, the, the way that they kill him is exactly the way that he broke the, the rules of the original agreement. When he finally starts in with the Ouija board, he starts moving the dice around with his hands and that's exactly mm-hmm. how they end up killing him. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but that's, you know, they take him out the exact same way that he broke the engagement. So yeah, it, it's straight up morality tale kind of a thing. And yeah, that was a, that was a cool kills. Yeah, the, the kill thing itself is kind of cheesy, but it, it works for what it is. And yeah, the the effect of the you know dub for you know nobody's gonna get that until you see it. But yeah, the the whole thing is just really fun, and yeah, I, I really like this one a lot. And the movie yeah, just ends. And, it's like the end. <laughs> ask you know I know I know people like money and women probably like. But I swear in this movie, they women were taken off their clothes just at the sight of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why I like this movie. I, I gotta, out. I gotta start making more money. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> well, Venom, what do you think of this one? I fucking love this story for multiple reasons. Um, <clears throat> our our main, uh, well, antagonist, protagonist, whatever you want to call him, the guy that we follow in this story actually mentions the Fox God. Uh, I'm familiar with the Fox God from Baby Metal. The band Baby Metal um, from Japan has multiple songs about the Fox God in there. So when he mentions it, I'm like, oh, cool, something I'm kind of familiar with. Uh, And when he started kind of going through the events of him breaking the promise that he made, instantly I'm like, okay, this guy's getting fucked up. And when we got our final kill... That was just glorious. I fucking loved it. I don't care if the effects maybe don't hold up. I thought that was one of the coolest fucking kills. And 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 it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, too. I mean, this guy's an absolute scumbag throughout this entire movie. Just because he has a little bit of money, he suddenly treats women like shit. I mean, for you know, degrading them, you know, forcing them to do stupid shit. Like, you know, the one girl that he has try to pick up money with her tits. I just, yeah, this guy is just an absolute. And then the kicker of it all is that he actually gets into a fucking a, a gambling bet with a man for his daughter who looks like she's about fucking 13. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I can only assume that this girl is of age, but, you know, she she looked to me like she was about 13 or 14. And he's literally betting with her father which by the way makes her father just as big a piece of shit as him for that you know he's basically potentially giving up his daughter's you know virginity if she still has it to to this fucking idiot over a bet it it just yeah almost everybody in this segment is a piece of garbage and the ending 
just left me with a gigantic smile on my face. I absolutely love that kill, especially because of the way that he was using the spirit board incorrectly and then breaking his promise. Mm -hmm. Ah, it it just worked for me. So yeah, this, this segment was spectacular. Yeah. And it it was like, it wasn't enough for him that women were just happy that he had, like he had to treat them like shit too. And I was like, God damn, like I'm going to, I knew you figure just, because of the nature of us uh, being like a horror anthology story that he's gonna get his comeuppance and bored and ready and when it happens it's just like you're kind of basking in like hell yeah like exactly. that's exactly what you deserve asshole <laughs> hell yeah plus it's fucking super sleazy the whole elevator scene like what the fuck this whole segment is sleazy as shit, especially because, you know, when you watch the first segment and I understand they weren't meant to be in the same movie, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's such a jarring tonal shift to go from this very quiet, subdued family story with the first segment and then just an absolute sleazeball who's mistreating women of all ages. Oh, it's definitely a tonal shift. <laughs> oh, we're definitely doing fucking Mighty Pecan Man on fucking Creature Comforts. I'm down. <laughs> I've only seen it once, but I had a blast. <laughs> oh, no, I like this segment more now that I know that a guy directed it because it makes more sense. <laughs> no, um, that, that he did. He directed the first one, not this one. The two co-directors of the first one were Yuan Quar and uh, Ho Meng Hua. The, oh. guy behind, the guy behind this one is a um, mountain Fay, but I don't know too much about him. Oh. So, yeah, but, uh, he's a, he's yeah, a great the, director. Yeah, the, the first director, the, the first segment was started in 1975 by Yuan Quar, but he only got about 70%, uh, according to most stories, and I, I don't know how much I trust him, but according to most, most sources, he got 70% of the way through that film, but through the uh, allotted schedule, but they ended up shelving the project. And then several years later, they picked it back up again with um, Ho Meng Hua directing it. But then oh. even that project, even that shooting, you know, that 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 got shelved. So I, I don't know who did what, because the first segment is the is combining the two sec the two shooting. That's what the first section is the first story is it's the it's combining those two together yeah mm-hmm. so yeah this is a this the second segment is a is a separate one altogether oh okay but i like yeah. it yeah like i mean i i know what you're getting at because yeah um the guy behind uh you know mighty peaking men is gonna raise some eyebrows and you know kind of add some touch you know add some you know touches to the film but yeah the he was he helmed the second session for the first segment nice yeah yeah super sleazy i enjoyed it for those reasons Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right well uh, i guess we'll move on to our next movie going all two years later curse of evil uh let's see family members are murdered and then dumped in a well years later their descendants first pretty straightforward there um a little better yeah not as yeah (laughs) yeah this one has a little bit of everything i'm tone and it is kind of mixed i mean 
maybe there's some unintentional of like being lost in translation. We have creatures, uh, like creatures, tentacles. Uh, we have, <laughs> yeah, more nudity, tentacles, uh, face huggers, bodies, skeletons, and you know, I think a wrap up. I wouldn't say twist, but wrap up reveal of like why things are happening. Um, it kind of brings it back together because yeah, there was like a point in this where I kind of was like, hmm, like where the hell I get that again. So I'll start with Derek on this one. What do you think of Curse of Evil? It's a movie. <laughs> it's very weird, man. It is. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, it's it's kind of goofy and. You know, it's not it's not perfect, you know. But I love this director's movies, and uh, he did like The Boxer's Omen and uh, fucking The Killer of Snakes and Killer Constable. Fucking, we can name a bunch of them, but he, he, Corpse Mania. He, and he, you know, he, he he mixes it up and fucking does different shit. And you're like, it's crazy. Like the same guy who did Killer Snakes did Boxer's Omen, but uh, it's uh. It's, it's a, it's like he makes like one movie. There's one movie that he did, fucking, and then there's another movie that he did, and it feels like this movie is a combination of those two movies, if that makes sense. Because it feels like you know, like a straight haunted house movie, yeah, but yeah. then you got fucking ghoulies in there. <laughs> you got little dinosaurs, fucking pink raptors. <laughs> Pink Yoshi, he's like called. Yeah, the, I I did find that the interesting sound effects for the little yeah they sound like God's the like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's not perfect. I'm not gonna say it's a fucking good movie, <laughs> but, but it, I had fun watching. It. I can't lie. Yeah, I would say like one of the issues. Like I think is fair is like in the it feels like the first half of the movie like one or setup maybe you could call it a prologue um it feels family drama dialogue kind of setting things up that maybe isn't necessary and it's it's not even really like a a long movie but it still feels like that opening part is like pretty long um but, but, but I feel like once we start getting the creatures and all the curse stuff there's like good stuff in the movie it's just spend a while getting there so yeah definitely kind of a mixed bag there but uh venom what did you this was really really weird <laughs> overall i enjoyed myself um i'm not gonna I'm, I'm like derek i'm not gonna call this a good movie there are elements of it that are very enjoyable um the dragon king is cool um some of the deaths in the movie are cool. There's a fucking guy in this movie that hypnotizes a woman and then rapes her and gets away with it, which just freaks me the fuck yeah. out. Like the, the Asian culture is so different that literally the the woman accused the guy of hypnotizing her and raping her. And then he doesn't even deny it. He's like, yeah, so. It's like the <laughs> random scene in Evil Dead Trap where the bald guy guy's raping the girl. That's right. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. 
Um, so yeah, the movie is, I mean, quirky is probably one of the nicest words that you can call the movie. It's definitely out there. And once we get to the reveal or one of the reveals, it, I end up getting really confused because, you know, they, they kind of give us a reveal that someone not supernatural was behind all of this, but there's still supernatural things happening that can't be explained by that reveal which is kind of what freaks me out a little bit. Uh, I'm kind of weirded out with the movie. It's almost like it's a, it's a, uh, what do you call it? It's one of those ones where they give you a reveal that, you know, that, that somebody was playing fucking with this family. But then the secondary reveal is that, oh no, there actually, there actually is some, something going on here. And it's not all just some guy fucking with this family, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's a weird one. It definitely left me scratching my head though. I got it, you know, Anytime you can watch a, you know, a mutant dragon raping a beautiful Asian woman, I, 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 I'm not going to complain. <laughs> but yeah, this was a, this was a weird one altogether. Not, not sure if this is one that I would ever watch again, but um, it's still, you know, worth checking out at the very least for all the Telling beautiful you, man, naked watch Asian the, women. You're going to watch the stone, man. It's <laughs> the best way to watch these. Uh, yeah, I probably should have. Uh, I, I I tend not to when I'm, uh, you know, watching movies to be reviewed. But, yeah, uh, yeah I think it probably would have uh, heightened my enjoyment a little bit more, definitely. <laughs> but overall, not a terrible movie. Just really, really weird and really, really head-scratching. Yeah, it's like these two movies that we talk about. The, the, I feel like these were attempts to make, like, hey, let's make Haosu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they failed miserably if that was their intention, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, all right, Don, did you scratch your head over this one? Uh, for a different reason than Venom did. Um, it, it, to me, it, it's kind of hard to keep track of who's who in the in the film, just because everybody insists on calling each other like second cousin or mistress or yeah, that was fucking weird. It was kind of hard, to, especially because there's like eight or nine different people in the house, and uh, you know the the backstory is that you know you're saying the they all look fam- like God. No, I'm saying there's like seven, there's like eight or nine people in the house, and there's like three or four different families that they that you know they they come in just because of the oh, curse yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, uh you know the the first one the you know the son dies and then i think it's the father that moves in with his wife and he brings the mistress in and then there's kids involved but then they're from this they're from this other fam- part of the family that died because of the curse so they were being looked after by the family from the first the first the first incident took that took the parents out of these kids ended up causing them to become part of the the responsibility of the parents but then the they're part they're like the same age as everybody else in the house so yeah it you know everybody just keeps calling each other like second cousin or something like that and it's kind of like you know who's actually who and you're like you know te- you start calling each other by your names damn it mm-hmm. yeah that to me that's the more confusing part rather than you know the the supernatural shenanigans here which i i, I do admit that they are there but it's just so hard to care because the supernatural shenanigans are so much fun. I mean, you know, the goopy, you know, 
tentacle creature raping women that's just always fun um you know the haunted house shenanigans in the first half are you know handled real well like all the accidents that happen it's like this one girl gets set on fire and nobody really thinks about you know oh just dump water on her oh and oh, <laughs> oh, i wanted to mention but you know the scene that really got me was and you know it's hard for me to, like when the fucking thing just came out of the fucking little pond thing i'm like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's like you know the the one girl gets set on fire and everybody's like, oh, just dump water on her. No, like they don't even think of like checking for wounds or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 there's a lot going, and most of it's fun. Some of it's kind of head scratching, but it, yeah, the, this is one of my favorites from this guy. Um, I mean, like Mike said, you know, it's the same guy that did Boxer's Omen. Um. He also did uh, Bewitched and, uh, you know, Bamboo House of Dolls. And, you know, I haven't seen Killer Snakes yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely on board to oh, check. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board to see it just because I know that this guy's work is so much fun. But, yeah, I mean, Corpse Mania is a great giallo, um, you know, mixed in with just the right amount of necrophilia. <laughs> um, I'm not joking. That's actually, a, you know, that's actually a subplot yeah. film. Oh, I believe it. I'm just no. It's it's the right amount, the right amount of necrophilia that I was uh, laughing at. Like not too much, but not not lacking in necrophilia either. Well, it's not necromantic. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's not nec- it's not nec- necromantic amounts right, of necrophilia, right. but yeah, well, it's like you know, the, yeah, it's like you know, gross out forms, but it's like ooh, kinky. More like a visitor cue uh, <laughs> necrophilia. Yeah, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, that's a. <sighs> I didn't yeah, drink milk a, for a week. Ah, I, I drank nothing but milk for a week. <laughs> then Gozu. Oh, my yeah. God. Sorry, tangent. <laughs> no worries. But, yeah, um, Curse of Evil is a lot of fun. Um, it, like it, It's not my favorite, but, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, I know, enjoyable for what it is. Um, the tentacle creature looks amazing. The, you know, reveal is just, like, you know, Scooby-Doo levels of awesome. I love that and, it just looks like it's been thrown onto the lady. <laughs> that was fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. And uh oh my god, those murder frogs are just so cute. I want one. <laughs> I want one in my backyard just protecting my house. <laughs> I want them to fight the door rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Raise um, it as a pet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, back in the early eighties Hong Kong, you know, supernatural wacky shenanigan type of films um you know if you've seen you know like black magic or you know boxer's omen and stuff you know mm-hmm. stuff like that and you want to you know check something else out this is definitely right in line with those this one and devil fetus are a great double bill actually those uh, those are two good movies that kind of go together kind of now that i think about it but or even yeah. like season of the ghost season of the ghost would be a good double feature with this one yeah, well, that's more black magic team. That was more like you know creature feature. Yeah, but it ends with a ghoulie. Spoiler. Oh right, yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, good call. Yeah, maybe I that was maybe, a triple, and Derek's, maybe a triple. Maybe a triple. Derek's. But uh, when he said that the pink baby Yoshi's, I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> they they oh, did right when they when he's like at when he just hatches out of the egg. <laughs> yeah, pink baby yeah. Yoshi's. It's funny because my my kid my kids were just watching 
movie again. I was like, hey, well, <laughs> that'd be messed up if I was like, hey, want to see some other Yoshi? <laughs> <laughs> Father of the year, folks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, like I said, if you're into that, you know, wacky early 80s kind of stuff or, you know, you're just one of those that you've seen it all and somebody wants to say, hey, if you tried this, definitely go for it. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely a fun, you know, even if you're not 100% on board with what you're seeing, or maybe, maybe not on board, but maybe you're not 100% understanding everything that you're seeing. Yeah, it's still a pretty fun time. Yeah, just because I mean, like I said, everybody just call each other like second cousin or mistress, or (laughs) they, they call each other by titles in the family rather than their names, or like maid or slave or, you know, slave. Yeah, they're everybody just keeps going by their like nickname by their titles instead of like getting into definitive names. So it's like really hard to keep track of Usu. But overall, yeah, you're really you know you're into that kind of genre. It's gonna be a fun time. I'm just laughing here now. <laughs> like, imagine if they had a scene where it's like, "Hi, mom one, mom two, <laughs> mom three. <laughs> All the moms talking. Well, they they couldn't have done that because the grandmother was the one. No, I know, Don. Like, I'm, I, just... I, like I'm saying, but I mean, yeah, the I, I know what you're getting at, but yeah, the that that would just be weird because the they took the family in because the mother had died. Yeah. So. But yeah, Too you soon. know, if you can get past all that stuff, it's a this is a fun one. Yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on the movie? Close this one out. Don't watch it on YouTube. Yeah, don't watch it yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> Spend the three ninety nine and rent it. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going for like the bargain basement versions if you uh, suffer through YouTube. Um, so rent them if you can. Like a marathon or something. Uh, um, all right. There might still be room in hell, but there's not much time left in hell. So let's uh, <laughs> round and uh, hear out or hear from everyone about what else they can be heard and what's in and all that good stuff. So, uh, Venom, I'll start with you. Um, well, for uh, the other three on the well, the other uh, with our guest and with Derek, um, of course, we make up uh, No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts. Our latest episode, episode 16, is now available. On that one, we look at the 1990 creature classic, Tremors, with our guest host, Brandon Young from The Anatomy of Fear. Really good show. It's a quickie. I I can't believe we got out of there as quick as we actually did. I figured we'd be there for two hours talking about Tremors uh, because Brandon did let us know that that's actually his favorite creature feature. So I honestly thought it was going to be a longer show, but yeah, we were in and out pretty quick. So it's, it's a fun show, fun episode. So check that out. Snakes um, on a plane, yo. Snakes. Yes. Yes. And he, he also brought up his love of snakes on a plane, which uh, might be a future episode of creature comforts. We'll have to see. Um, let's see. Uh, Crystal Lake Gift Shop, still our third episode is the latest one. Um, that, Of course, that is our episode-by-episode episode retrospective of the Friday the 13th series from 1987 to 1990. Uh, I know it's been a little bit since we've gotten a new one of those out yet, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, the show is going to keep chugging along. I mean, we're going to do all 72 episodes if it kills me, and it might, so we'll have to say. It will. <laughs> it more than likely will. 
Um, as far as, and, and then of course, fresh cuts, you know, you can hear Mike, Don, and myself every single week talk about the latest releases in the horror genre. Our latest episode is of course about the, talking about the biggest horror movie in the world right now, Evil Dead Rise. Um, another fun episode. So check that one out. And then, um, let's see, I have a guest spot on the, on what is a Joe Blows horror show uh, that's going to be later on in the year for the summer series. I have been slated. Uh, they're doing the Resident Evil franchise, the Resident Evil cinematic franchise. And I have been tasked with the second film, Resident Evil Apocalypse, which stars, which, which a lot, despite being the least favorite of a lot of people, I fucking love. I love Apocalypse. <laughs> From what I remember, that's actually my favorite of the franchise as well. I yeah. do. I remember it being the funniest, like it actually had funny characters in it, had some of the best action, though nothing, Come on. nothing beats the shower fight from part five, I think, either part four or part five, the first one that was in 3D, the shower fight between uh, the nemesis and uh, Mila Jovovich in the shower was fucking awesome. But yeah, that second one, I, I remember liking, granted, I've only seen it the one time in theaters, so this will be a kind of a revisit for me. Yeah, when she just runs down that building in that movie, yeah, yep. fucking awesome. That's right. I did watch the first Resident Evil this week just to kind of prep for my uh, uh, watch of All the second All that Marilyn one. Manson music. Yeah, exactly. A little, a little much for me, but that's okay. Uh, so yeah, that'll be that'll be later on in the summer. Um, well, uh, the episode records next week actually, but I believe they'll be releasing it in like June or July sometime. So I'll, I'll obviously remind everyone when that's out. And that's pretty much it for me. Um, April <clears> was my kill what? the cast. Oh, shit, I forgot. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I actually did do a guest spot on the return of Kill the Cast uh, with Jerry Herring and Jay, um, myself, and uh, Dave Parker, Mr. Parker, actually joined where we looked at uh, – we actually did a roundtable of the dead where we decided to look at zombie movies. And what we did was we each host had their top five zombie movies of all time, and then we had three criteria – um, that was going to be more of a discussion section. So the second half of the episode is where we try to decide collectively amongst us which one is the most fun zombie movie, which one is the most critically acclaimed, and which one is the most important. Um, I think most people are going to know what we came up with for the most important zombie film ever, but leave that for that show. That episode is available. That one you can find on Legion Podcasts. All the other shows I talked about you can find on the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. That's it for me. Sweet. Uh, Derek, how about you? Creature Cuffers. Creature Cuffers. Creature comforts. Go listen to it. That's Get it. Your I'm out. Let them give you comfort. <laughs> yes. The cast. I was going to listen to that day at work, actually. And uh, I just got caught up things. And then once it gets to it, I, I tend to like listen to oh, podcasts. Damn it all the hell, Mike. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I tend to listen to podcasts more in the morning of my shift. But uh, yeah, I'll have it on tap for Monday. But uh how about you? What do you got? All right. Well, um, as mentioned, I work with everybody else here. So uh, this is, like I said, my podcasting family uh, with Venom and Mike. We do f- fresh cuts, so no need to go further with there. With Venom and Derek, we do creature comforts, which, again, no need to go further with there. Um, 
a few podcasting guest appearances. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm starting my prep work for the uh, DVD Infatuation podcast, which I haven't had a firm uh, recording date on, so I don't know when we're going to get together to do that. Uh, so I'm just basically starting uh, just watching uh, the six movies that I'm going to do for that, which uh, the the genesis of the show is uh, just pick six movies and, you know, we'll get together and talk about them. But uh, I'm going to go through that and sort of do uh, six movies that represent genres that I like. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll get together and we'll discuss, uh, you know, six films I've never seen in genres I like. Um, I am also on a, a, both the, that one hasn't recorded yet, but these next two um, have been recorded. I just don't know when they're going to be released. Um, I recorded with a podcast called Stu World Order. Uh, we looked at the um, action movie Red Two. Um, that one was. I, uh, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I liked it. He didn't, but uh, you know we'll have to listen to the podcast to look yeah, yeah, yeah. that. And uh, I also recorded uh, with the Road to Nowhere podcast, and we did a uh, triple bill of Lucio Fulci movies. So that one was um, an, another bit of fun. Both of those were uh, reciprocated ones for um, podcasts uh, that I did. Are they for... called the Road to Nowhere after the Ozzy Osbourne song? <laughs> Maybe because he spells it like nowhere, like your like knowledge. Yeah. So, oh, I yeah. get you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah, so it's you know that's the you know pun with the title. Um, both of those were reciprocated podcasts because I had the guests um, for those on uh, my other show, which is called the Horror Countdown, which is basically a topic where uh, a show where me and a guest pick a topic, pick a top ten list, and discuss it. So every show is a new top 10 list with various topics and various, uh, you know, criteria. Um, I'm on my second season now. We've done everything from top 10 Canadian films, top 10 ghost movies to top 10 Dario Argento films, uh, top 10 witches. Uh, and uh, my most recent episode is uh, top 10 scariest masks, which uh, was a lot of fun. So that will uh, you can find that uh, pretty much everywhere. Was the Just... Night of the Dribbler on there? No, um, I thought about it as a joke, but then when I realized that uh, my guest was on the uh, more mainstream side of stuff and wasn't really aware of like the obscure ones, I kind of changed it at the last second. Oh, I get you. Yeah, um, so I had like really wacky kind of offbeat mask, and he was doing like Jason and Leatherface and um, the guys from You're Next. So I was like, well, uh, he's not really noticing like the main stuff. I'm kind of, you know, I kind of, I kind of had to like change my list at the last second. I kind of like, you know, audibled that as one of. Um, I had to pull in one of my honorable mentions and make it seem like it was on my list. Because yeah, gotcha. he wasn't really. Uh, he he's more of like a mainstream fan, so he wasn't really aware of like a lot of the underground stuff. So I kind of had to pull an audible at the last second to kind of give away a little spoiler uh, uh, so, behind so the. So no mask from gutter balls. <laughs> yeah, couldn't do that one either. <laughs> yeah, both of those would have been on my list if I would have been allowed to, you know, give my true legitimate feelings. <laughs> but yeah, I had to pull. Uh, <laughs> I had to pull a couple at the last second and make them. I had to switch them for honorable mentions just because the guy wasn't really aware of like some of the 
obscure deep cuts I was picking. So I kind of had to like go through my list when he was doing his, and I had to like change it up at the last second and kind of like, oh crap, come on, what, 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 you know, which one can work, which one can fit? Uh, okay, I'll grab you and I'll say you're, you know, number six or whatever. So I, I kind of had to like restructure my stuff, my list at the last second just because, like I said, he wasn't aware of like the obscure picks. But yeah, it, it was still pretty fun. Um, you know, you can check it out on most podcast catchers. It's under Horror Countdown. So uh, yeah, uh, you know, if you've heard my other, you know, hear me on the other shows, you you know where to find it. So, Mike, have you ever seen Gutter Balls? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've heard people talk about it almost nonstop, though. I should. Oh, see it. oh, I know what my next picks are gonna be now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? For as much, I, I'm one of the biggest Friday the Thirteenth fans I that I know. I and I would never put Jason's mask on a top ten best horror mask. It's just a fucking hockey mask. Guys. <laughs> it's iconic as fuck. If the list was most iconic masks and horror then jason's right up there potentially at number one but if the list is best nah dude it's just a hockey mask with an axe wound I, in it <laughs> i have um uber jason uber jason will work okay i'll go with that because that's that's actually that that his outfit's probably the best part of that movie oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely Ooh, on the iconic that. on the iconic list, no doubt it's best. I don't know, maybe, like maybe if you picked the best, like whatever you feel the best version of Jason's mask is, I can see. Yeah, that. I, I had Jason him on there. Seven. I had him. I had two. I had seven, and I had Uber Jason. <laughs> Seven's not bad. That that's the broken one, right? Where you can yeah. see right. his jaw. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that. he's the, that's my favorite look for Jason too. Isn't Actually, that? it's one of mine. Yeah, it, easily my favorite unmasking of the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I that, do like the. Uh... the yeah, it's a little behind the scenes <laughs> stuff on mine. So yeah, yeah, I had seven as well, and I had Uber Jason. Nice. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> all right yeah and venom covered everything pretty much that i get into so uh yeah. if you uh, if you need to hear it again just rewind it i guess yeah <laughs> i carry i carry mike on my back so he's on every show i'm on and then i did <laughs> i just sit on mike's back <laughs> jesus i can't carry both of you come on <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's up next in our rotation i think it's I venom i believe it's venom? me yeah. All right. Big I know. We, I was gonna say it's been a while since we recorded. Do you already have yours on tap, or are you still gonna think about it? I have one of mine picked. I need to pick the other, uh, but I can give you a little hint. Uh, we're gonna stay in Asia for the next episode. Oh boy. I'll just leave it at that. Ooh, nice. All right. Well. Don, I know I know it's weird saying thanks for joining us because we record, like me and Venom record with you every week, but technically this is the other show that you're not on all the time. So yeah. thanks for joining us in hell. Thanks for joining us, Don. Nah, I knew I was gonna get here in a one-way ticket eventually, and I'm glad I finally cashed in. There you go. Yeah, we're on the thanks killing. No, not the thanks killing. What am I saying? Uh, I was. There's no, the I was Thanksgiving, on uh, the Thanksgiving comedy. Yeah, Blood Rage. Yeah, that's the yeah. movie. Yeah, Blood Rage. Yeah. I think I also did one other one, um, the the Matai zombie one. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that that's was right. awesome. Yeah, because that was the uh, that was the Matai uh, weekend. Where, yeah, Mondo uh, Mondo Cannibal. Yeah, I we yeah when Cinema Attack was still ongoing, we did Mondo Cannibal in the Jungle Holocaust one weekend right. one day, and then the next weekend we came on and we did uh, Island of the Living Dead and Zombies at the beginning. Yeah. So good. Uh, so, yeah, that was a yeah, that was a fun, that was a great weekend. That was that was really fun. Somebody actually asked me this week if I was sick of zombies and I wanted to kick them in the throat. <laughs> no, motherfucker, I'm not sick of zombies. That's stupid. <laughs> every every subgenre of horror is gonna, you know, have examples of quality and examples of garbage, ultimately. And just because there's a lot of shitty zombie movies doesn't mean I don't fucking love the exceptional ones. So yeah. Zombie movies I still love. And a lot of the shitty zombie, the shitty ones are actually some of my favorites. <laughs> and that's the thing is that the shitty ones can still be incredibly entertaining, like very entertaining, funny. Zombie three. <laughs> I'm gonna check that out. I am. All right, cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of No More Room in Hell. We'll be back uh, ASAP with number fifty-three and Venom's picks. Maybe a guest, maybe not. We'll see how that uh, ends up. But uh, until then, uh, let's say bye to our listeners. Bye. Later. Peace. Pink Yoshis. Beware the pink Yoshis. Beware (laughs) the pink Yoshis.